Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Zeit gang, you like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, the Internet, and welcome to Season 256, Episode 5 of the Daily Zeitgeist, the season finale, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, but you already knew that because you're rocking with the second best of the second-rate podcast. It's Friday, September 30th, 2022, and September 30th is, of course, National Chewing Gum Day. National oh. Hot Mold Cider Day, National oh. Love People Day, National Mud Pack Day, and Orange Shirt Day. Daniel, did any of those speak to you? Oh, well, I'm, I'm curious, is love people like just the, a celebration of loving people or are love people yeah. specific kind of people that I haven't heard it's, of? It asked, the, the day asks us to lift others up through the profound power of unconditional love. That's I'm not, great. I can't find That's any problems with that. For that. Exactly. But then you Shout read out. the fine print and they're like, who they is deserving of this? Well, obviously, followers of Christ and those who are not uh, will obviously have been. <laughs> they are <laughs> they off to the refuse bin. That's what their destiny holds. Read the fine print. But yeah, love people day. Also, chew your gum too. Love your chewing gum. And I love orange shirt. I really do. Yeah, you can see, look, I, I got two. Right behind you. Look at that. You're, you're, you are laced Ask up. Ask me if I don't like an orange shirt. You. I love an orange <laughs> shirt. Anyway. What does that mean? But the Dutch national team. Yeah, well, you know, the Dutch jersey, the Dutch jersey comes with a Mm. full smoke session uh, in L.A., depending on what part of town you're in. Look, people remember that World Cup and Aryan Robin. But anyway, I digress. Who am I? Petey Pop. Wait, no, that's a different song. My name is Miles Gray, a.k.a. Hideo Noho, the Lord of Lancashire. I know that a lot of people have been hitting me with a.k.a.s. I've been very busy. I will get to them. I saw some fantastic ones. So apologies for doing mm. using my traditional moniker. But I'm thrilled to be joined by my guest co-host, who's oh, been gee. rocking with me off and on the last couple of days. But someone I've, I've been, been rocking with since I met 
uh, wonderful producer, wonderful gamer, wonderful oh. Twitch streamer, wonderful oh. host. Please welcome my beloved Daniel Goodman. What's up, what's up? It's DJ Daniel, AKA Mr. Steal Your Aerial. Happy to be wow. here in the building. Living in hot sauce heaven. And uh, yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful Friday morning, wink, wink. Yeah. And uh, yeah, happy to be here. Hey, Wait, why hot sauce heaven? I just got a couple new bottles of hot What'd sauce and I am loving them. Don't hold out on me. What'd you get? I certainly will not. So every new season of Hot Ones pretty much aligns with me finishing another bottle of hot sauce that I already have oh, in my fridge. Gotcha, gotcha. And let me tell you something. I've been the king of buying too many hot sauces and not finishing them. So now I have a new deal with myself and with my partner, Stephanie, that I won't buy any more hot sauce until I finish a bottle. Oh, blood so, in, blood out. I mean, got to be. Because okay. otherwise, they just sit in there. They get smelly. They get... Anyway, so I just got what a couple mean, of ones. They get smelly. <laughs> well, I mean, like... It's like all vinegar. Crusty, I think it's better. No, it's, yeah, exactly. They get crusty. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Well, we're, you got to respect the rim. You got to respect, you gotta the, respect the rim. You got to be... Anyway, yeah. I got the uh, Fly by Jing Sichuan Gold, which oh, is yeah. basically just like, uh, you know, the uh, the spicy Sichuan oil yeah, that you get in that, like, crispy vinegar. It's yeah, so yeah. good. And the other one is uh, Piri Piri Sauce. Oh, and Piri Piri. Okay. But but I, I see. I thought oh, it was but this peri-peri. is Petey Petey. Petey Petey. Okay, exactly. Okay. So I, I could run and get the ingredients, but uh, so far they're different flavors, but really delicious. Very nice. Okay. Very nice flavors thus far. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good heat. Yeah. Good heat. A three out of five heat. and a, a three out of ten and a five out of ten. So so good heat, not too crazy. Yeah. Though. Okay. I respect mm. that. Love mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. hot sauce, mm-hmm. and I'm yo. I love have it. I have one whole shelf and a half on my refrigerator door, all hot right. sauce. I love it. What's your favorite hot sauce? What are you talking about? Well, that's there's context to it. You okay, I mean? you can't okay. Just, I don't go willy nilly with fair, the hot fair, sauce. Fair, fair, fair. My favorite, favorite traditional American hot sauce is Crystal. That is Crystal. What a sensational Crystal answer. is what number one answer. regular hot sauce. I love Tabasco too, but I like mm-hmm. I love Crystal. I was my grandparents always used Crystal hot sauce. I also had Tabasco, so I have a nostalgia okay. like brand loyalty with Crystal. Sure. My favorite thing to marinate hot wings in, by the way, if you just get a Ziploc bag and just empty a bottle of Crystal. With the wings, put let that sit for a couple mm-hmm. hours. Grill that. That's I'm telling you. That's a game party. over. My, the way I was going to phrase that question was, what's your what's your your shooting hot sauce or your drinking hot sauce? The one that after you put something on it, you just take a little straight. Down oh yeah, the crystal all day. Crystal hundred percent. But then I Good love. Answer. Look, I, this, this isn't a hot seat, Daniel. We can start talking about old music. We can talk about this all day. Twenty We've years ago, here. or hot sauces <laughs> in our new show called Hot Number Ones, where we talk about. <laughs> Just hot number one singles while eating hot sauce and reviewing them. Anyway, let's get to our guest because we have a fantastic guest today. Somebody who's come through the ranks of the Next Up program. So, you know, they're bringing the heat. TV and film critic. Okay, this is what I love to have on when people because I don't have enough time to watch good TV or films. I say, hey, what's something good? Please tell me. Please save me the time. You can also catch your new podcast. It's called On Call with KB, Mm. the science behind the scenes. Please welcome to the stage, KB! (laughs) Welcome, KB. Hello, hello. Thank you for joining me. I was trying really hard not to say anything during this hot sauce conversation. What you got? I saw your face go up. Because when I said Crystal, you went, I was really trying. You know, Crystal is all right. It's not bad. But you know, sometimes you need a little Frank's. Right, you know, okay. like I, sometimes Frank's okay. always, always, always need Tabasco. You know, I just think that yeah. that extra mm. pepper kick, mm. something yeah. about it, you you gotta yeah, have like, it. You gotta have the four horsemen: Tabasco, Crystal, Cholula, Tapatio. Damn, that's like in LA. You gotta have those hot. That. You can't. You can't I just have t- Tapatio or Cholula. I love no, all. It's not a God's hot sauce. You know what? Mm-hmm. I'm a Texan. 
So mm. that Cholula, I can leave. I'm not going to lie. Ooh, I'm like, okay. what? Yeah. It's not really for me. It's yeah. I have noticed, though, it's very much like a California thing. Because like, a lot of people yeah. in Texas don't buy Cholula. We're like, what is this? Right. No. I got Becca but going yeah. off saying Valentino for life. Yeah, Valentino I love, too. I use Valentino. I'm not going to lie. I've never had July. Valentino. Ooh. It is fire. The hot one. Chalula. Is Cholula adjacent? But let me tell you something. Without that, without that, you know, wooden cap, that special modified wooden cap, <laughs> you save a little money on the Valentino and you get a huge the bottle. bottle is ridiculous. I'm telling you, the it's huge. Yeah. And you just go. And off. it glugs the, the the little opening, watch Ooh. the fuck out. Because if you're weak, <laughs> you could you could douse your whole shit. And be like, oh no, 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 no. Shit. I love it. Also, <laughs> talk special, about shooting hot sauce. Just uh, gotta shout out <laughs> salsa huichol which is another uh, Mexican oh, hot okay. sauce, which is fucking dope. You can find that locally. Anyway, this I'm isn't about that. hot okay. sauce. KB, <laughs> I love that your podcast, you're talking about, you. so you had a medical background? What's I your, do, what's, I what do, did you, how did yeah. you get to? How did you get to now podcasting and being like, let's talk about some of the medical things we've seen on television? Yeah, so my background, my degrees are in biology and chemistry. And, you know, in graduate school, I had a, a focus on, on cancer immunotherapy. Wow, okay. And so I have been very, very interested in the sciences for a long time, and I wanted to help people, but I didn't want to treat patients. Didn't want that liability, to be quite sure. honest. So hmm. I was like, how can I also work in healthcare, use these degrees, but not have to do that? So yeah, I've, I've had a, a very long career in healthcare uh, doing process improvement work and working with a ton of national healthcare organizations on how to improve them from the inside out and make sure that patients are getting the absolute best care that they can, you know, in the current environment that we have, which yeah. is not perfect and not always ideal. No. I will say that. With huge disparities for people. Yeah. yeah, all the time. So I moved to New York to take a job for a hospital that I shall not name. And I ended up just getting back into writing. When I was younger, I wrote a lot of things, a lot of short stories, had a very creative mind. And I've also just always been interested in the arts. I've always watched tons and tons of film and tons and tons of TV shows. And hey. so um, I, when I moved to New York, I said, hey, guess what? Let's do this thing called podcasting and writing and get more into TV and film criticism. And that was a long time ago. I mean, honestly, I haven't kept track of the years, but eight years, 10 years, I don't know, somewhere around there. Yeah. And uh, from there, I had this idea, you know, I loved ER growing up. That was actually one of my favorite shows, still is of all time. I think it was brilliant and done so well. And I said, man, I would really love to kind of merge my two careers because working in both fields simultaneously is no small feat. <laughs> it takes for a sure. lot of juggling, yeah, schedule-wise. Yeah for sure. And so I was like, hey, how can I merge this? Maybe I'll just do a show because people are always asking like, oh, you watch a lot of medical dramas. Like, is this true? Is this accurate? You know, where do they get this can information? Can I die from a soccer ball hitting me in the chest? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can. You know, Will it's wild. <laughs> yes. And I love to tell people like the human body is so exceptionally extraordinary, but it's also quite frail. <laughs> so mm -hmm. like, the smallest thing can really take you out. Like you're like, oh no, like yeah. you know, when you hear people, they like choke and then they die. You're like, I choke every day. Like I can't believe yeah. that person died. Like it's like the smallest thing, and then some of the most robust and crazy things can happen. So I was like, let's do it and let's kick season off, uh, season one off with Grey's Anatomy. Thank you, so because much, guys. it is the longest running medical show currently on TV. Yeah. And uh, they do have 19. some exceptionally wild cases. Yeah, season yeah. 19 actually is about to premiere. So, yeah. you know. And look, you know, I, 
I'm I'm glad they named the show after me. I really appreciate that. You know, I, I, <laughs> only way to do it. Originally, Meredith was supposed to be Miles Gray, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, they right, did their thing, right. and then they could have got rid of all the convoluted, like half black sibling stuff, and they could have just had a black and ease lead from the beginning. But you know, that's. Shonda was on her own path, and I'm not going to get in the way of that, obviously. Uh, shout out to the Seattle, uh, city of Seattle, though. Uh, KB, we are going to get to know you even better. But first, let's tell what our, our listeners and all of us are going to be talking about or hearing about. Just got to check back in with the right-wing freakouts. This time, it's about student loans, and John Fetterman is a crip. We talked a little bit about Newt Gingrich alluding to that. Now I'm understanding what exactly they're even talking about, and it's his desperate. Then... Gonna talk about Coolio. Yeah. I, we don't typically. We we'll, usually we'll talk about things on trends, but as I was looking at sort of the all the tributes that were pouring in with about Coolio, I really realized that I massively underrated him. Mm. Not to say that I never thought his music was good, but where he stands, like in the sort of evolution of hip hop going into the mainstream, I think Coolio is ma- like had a massive contribution to that, and I mm. completely forgot about it. So we are going to talk about that, uh, and then. Since we have somebody with a bit of TV and film uh, expertise here, I want to talk about best second screen shows, movies, because mm. a lot of people don't nearly, you know, we used to just watch TV, like sit down and your eyeballs were fixed. Now we do tons of other things. And it does feel like a genre of like kind of content you can consume, something you can have on while also getting some other shit done. Uh, so I'm curious to get some suggestions from the both of you and plenty more. But first, we got to ask our guest, KB, what is something from your search history that's revealing a uh, little bit about who you are or what you're into right now? Honestly, all of my search history revolves around the interviews that I'm doing. So I still do TV and film criticism. I still interview talent every single week. And so the last thing I searched actually was IMDb for a new TV series that is coming out on Amazon's freebie which mm-hmm. I'm, freebie. I'm not freebie. Yeah. It's like, this. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure why all of the networks now have like these extra verticals, but yeah. freebie is a vertical of prime video. It's kind mm-hmm. of like uh, how Onyx collective is a vertical of Hulu, but it will stream oh. on Amazon. So right. it's a, uh, it's a show called high school. And so that's really honestly the last thing I Googled because honestly, the series is fantastic. So I should start there. Wait, what is it? Okay. It's a it's a dramatic it's high school. It's a drama, yeah. It's okay. a it's a drama, but it's based on uh on a true story about twins, Sarah and Tegan, and they are actually a Hold on. Canadian super group. <laughs> I was like, where is this going? Wait, no matter which way you go <laughs> out of my mind. Isn't that Tegan and Sarah? Yes, out of my right. mind. Yeah, okay. Yes. I so was it is. walking <laughs> with the ghost. I said, please. I remember that. Okay, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, so I'm yes. sorry. I, I got, I completely hijacked you speaking about this. So Tegan and Sarah, go on. Yeah, so it's actually uh, based on their memoir. Their, the book that they released called High School. This is oh. the TV show about it. And so um, this is season one. It's premiering, I think, in a few weeks. It's definitely premiering in October. But it's actually exceptional. And so it's just about them, their relationship with their parents, them you know, kind of getting into music and finding out that they are truly musically inclined. And then also 
their dating relationship. So both of them are lesbians. And so, you know, kind of how they start to navigate their sexuality in high school. And it is so, so good. So yeah, that's the oh, actually what I searched. Yeah, I searched I mean, more information so I could be better prepared for those interviews. But right, that's right. actually my last search history. I mean, yeah, shout out to the the arts god goddesses of Tegan and Sarah. Because I mean, I wasn't like a huge fan, but I by osmosis, I liked enough music to be like, what's this? I know this. Mm-hmm. Let's go deeper. But wow, I didn't Let's realize go. they had a show. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And honestly, I did not read the book prior to, but I am looking forward to picking it up. Like the show is so good and it makes me want to read the book. So I'm definitely going to go out and buy it and read it next. Hey, I love, I love when a show makes me want to read the book. You know, that's why, that's why I said Passion of the Christ, really underrated. Got, got me reading the New Testament again. Thanks, Thick Mel. Book. Bear, I, it's hard to get. <laughs> What's something you think is overrated? Bananas. Go on. Bananas. Overrated. Yes. Go on. Go overrated. On. Bananas, uh-huh. avocados. That? I mean, like. Bringing, guys, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right here. Right here. I was just bringing right, me in. I was like, down. land the plane, land the plane. And I'm okay, like, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. First off, uh, bananas taste like pure mush. Like the, the texture, wow. the consistency, the okay, flavor. Okay. Like, also, what is that flavor? Also, Shout out to Justin Banana. because, also, out what Justin, is that because I truly, I truly want to have an allergy to both. That actually would be my dream. Wow. I hate them just that much. Like, yeah. I'm like, no. please, what is a banana? Like, why would you do this to us? Why? Why? And it right. takes over every single thing you eat it with. That is so gross. It has huh. the nastiest flavor and it just takes it over. Like, wow. I do not huh. want banana in my smoothie. That is gross. Please wow. leave wow. it out. Okay. Wow. Don't need it. Now, wow. avocado. And, you know, listen, you have to add things to make it taste better, which means what? Mm, It's bland. mm. Like, if you're just eating an avocado by itself, it's like, oh, I'm not just just having it. it. Yeah, I'm not eating it with a spoon out the out the thing. No, I'm definitely it's part of I love avocados because to me, it's like butter as if if a Mm. butter, if butter was a vegetable, it would be avocado. Because you can I add it and substitute. it takes on, I think the opposite of bananas, it can take on whatever it's working with. And it gives right. you a little bit of that creaminess. Bananas, it's funny, they, they're both, I'm sure, they must be like high in potassium because they both make my yes. throat itch. Very. Mm. And I don't, bananas specifically really would always bother me as a kid because they make my throat itch. And then I was mm. one of those kids who didn't eat like avocados till they were like 16. And I was like, yo, what the fuck is this? <laughs> uh, and then we all I had our discovery moment. Yeah, yeah, I came around to it, but yeah, I. But in, but in a flavor, I don't mind it in a smoothie. Got to say, strawberry. Banana, now listen, love, that's a that's a nailed on combo for me. I cannot cannot do banana in a smoothie. Like, would rather wow. not survive. But the <laughs> avocado, oh my god, rather die so quickly. I'm like, I cannot. But the avocado, absolutely. Like, if you put it in a smoothie, because I'm having a smoothie with like a multitude of other things, I'm using the avocado for creaminess. But okay. realistically, the fact that I just have to add so many things to it to make it be good is like, right. y'all, y'all cannot be charging this high price for this thing that I still have to pay to add okay. more stuff to it to make it taste good. Okay, just I got, so, a, I got, I got a question. Yes. No, 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 go on, Daniel. All right, my, my question revolves around the usage of banana. Mm-hmm. Are you anti, so it sounds like banana, it's the banana itself, the flavor of the banana, the, the, Everything the about consistency it. of the banana. I get that. Are you anti-banana bread? 
Yes. Of course, Daniel. Because the flavor, the flavor is too strong. She said that she's not fucking with the flavor. Yeah. But 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 there's there's a there's a cakiness that comes into. Daniel, stop. Well then, stop caping for banana bread to somebody who does. You know. They, they, she will not see the light. She doesn't want do to. Not. And you got to recognize that. I tell you that's, about that in our ministry all the time. You know, when we're trying to save people. You got to Peanut butter nanner sandwich, come on. Nope, never. <laughs> nah. I mean, I'll pass on it. I'm not asking for it. Okay, just, just so I get an idea of where you're at. What to you oh, is the best that? fruit God. that you could eat? Ooh, my favorite fruit is definitely pineapple. Mm, I like that it's, you know, sweetness. It's good. Mm-hmm. Mm. I like blueberries. I like strawberries. I am allergic to melon, so I can't have it. I'm yeah. so sorry. Have, but you I, a, have you had a Hami melon? H-A-M-I? No. It looks like a gourd, no, like a squirrel. Yo, go get that at the store. It it I'm has Googling. it it's like a it's like a, a melon, but it has like oh. watermelony texture where it's like a I little crunchy and like very like grit. I I was ignorant and somebody gave it to me for the first time last week and I was like, what the fuck is this? Looks like cantaloupe. Yeah. But the but mm. it's the texture. It's the texture. Okay, good to know, because I love pineapple. And then just to really round out your food take, does pineapple belong on a pizza? So you guys are not gonna like this. Okay. But I'm not a huge fan of pizza. So in general. That's fine. In general. Go ahead. All right. But uh-huh. I when I used to eat it more regularly before I was like, yo, I could do without pizza for real. Okay. I wouldn't mind pineapple if it was with something savory. Like okay. if it were like pineapple and pepperoni. So that would be like a little balance a little of the, the sweet right. and savory. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. I disagree. I just that thing has no place on pizza, but that's fine. <laughs> and I like that you don't eat pizza, so we will keep it moving. I'm sorry, Daniel. I think mm-hmm. I'm, all I'm going to add is that I feel like the nice middle ground of the sweet savory conversation that pineapple evokes is the pastor taco. Are you a taco fan? Yes, love tacos. I think I love think pastor the tacos. Past, the pastor taco with a little piece of pineapple is that middle ground that I think everybody who's on either side of the pineapple conversation can come to and I agree mean, upon. But Miles is shaking his I head mean, no, and now I'm really. I will curious. put that shit on the side. I will eat the pineapple first, like in a mousse, or as like a a cap to the end. Not, mm. and, and not not with not, the, not with the pork. Not not about it. I'm not, dude. I hate sometimes the sweet and safe like like fucking wow. apple. Like when apples are in a salad, I'm like, get the fuck out of my fucking salad. <laughs> the fuck are y'all doing in here? Wow, this is a fucking joke. Yeah, I'm. Look, we all okay. have our own specificities. Yeah, no, you know, I choked out somebody who said they walked out of anger management, even though I hadn't even seen the film. So we're all very <laughs> we all, we're all operating on different scales of what is re- what is reasonable and what is not. Wow. Um, lastly, KB, what is something you think is underrated? So to skirt right past that. <laughs> I choked somebody out. Anyway, people what else? know people listen. We spent we spent too much time on this show of me talking about this kid I went to high school with who acted real cool. Like that was a cool. Like that made him cooler than everybody. That he walked out of anger management. Okay, go back to episode probably like seven hundred thousand or whatever when I talked about it. Uh, but KB, we digress. What is something you think is underrated? People who were raised well. Hmm. Okay. Now, what that means. You know, there are some human beings that you are just like, oh, it is so refreshing to know that you were raised well. Like you're <laughs> kind, you have emotional intelligence, you know, like you you mind your business where where you should, you know, like you're mm-hmm. inclusive, you're still fun, but you know that your parents raised you well, their parents raised them well, rather. 
Mm-hmm. That's so underrated. Like I find that, you know, human beings in this world, oftentimes we just don't give enough props to the people who were truly raised well and they're mm-hmm. moving through life and you're like, you're a kind human being. Ah, love to see Damn. it. Like, yeah, they're like, they did all right with you, huh? <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, you know, parenting is literally like a guessing game. I I feel like it just, we'll try to figure it out with the soul that we have. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm like, Good job. Shout out to your parents. What's so. the thing? What's the what's the quality that you appreciate most when you when you throw somebody in the column of raised well? Like what's that? What's the most potent quality for you? Like, oh, man, I love love that. I love politeness and human kindness. Like there sometimes I will meet a child Great. like I don't know, like through their parents or whatever. But like a child that is kind, I'm like, you're going to turn out to be raised well. Like you're going to grow up <laughs> to be a good one. Or like you are just... a sociopath and you're figuring oh, no. it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. no. <laughs> Look, see, no, that's no, no, no. I'm always on edge. I'm like, what's why is this kid smart? Or are they the fucking next fucking who knows what? <laughs> But that's just no. my own trust issues, I think. Yeah. Okay. Okay. okay yeah. Because yeah. I'm, I'm like, no, you know, the little ones, they, they're like, okay. Yeah. But I would say, and, you know, I, I've had this conversation at length, a human being that is raised well, that you just know is raised well, and I have not met him, but I know he's raised well, Keanu Reeves. Like, he's probably one of those people that you're like, I know he's raised well. Like, you could just tell. I feel that. Yeah. Like, well, I think there's two ways, right, to arrive there. You can be raised well. Or you can see enough bullshit that you end up figuring it out. And you're like, I actually ended up like this because I saw so much shit. I figured it out pretty quickly that this was probably the way to actually exist rather than in the chaos I witnessed. So mm, I definitely that's true. the wisdom is either way. It's either coming from the wisdom. parents or it's coming from your life. But I do. I mm. do. Like when you are, when you meet people that arrive there, I know what you mean. Like you can feel it like, OK, you got a good got You got some good going on. I think I think wisdom de- like that is deeply, deeply underrated. Being able to see something and learn from it—it's not simply my experience. It's my experience. It's I see something. You're like, actually, you know what? I think that's something that I could take on, and that's a that's a trait that I need to practice more in my own daily life. And that kind of wisdom, very, very underrated. So yeah. I, I see that 100. percent Right. I think yeah, just be somebody who pursues wisdom, right? Because so much mm. of our lives, we go through a lot of shit. Yeah. It's easy to be like, I'm not thinking with that. I'm not thinking about that. I don't want to deal with that right now. And we push it yeah. away and try and like go on like automation mode and like let shit just simmer in the back. But really, you want to be able to confront those moments, feel the totality of what you're experiencing as a person because the more you sit with a thought like that, I was just, you know, I've I've had to grieve a lot of people over the last couple of years is you know, like even when you you think about like loss, right? And you're like, I don't want to fucking deal with it. It's just too heavy or whatever. But a lot of the pain you feel is because it's the love that you feel for that person and the love, exactly. you know, this person has had for you. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that, you know, is being able rather than running away from that is to try and sit and feel the grief and tell yourself it's like going to be OK. But also remind yourself that it's the love that's there that you're really feeling. That's what you're running away for, from. And try and evolve your thinking around it. So rather than a topic, you go, I don't want to think about it. It's too sad. You can think about it. Be like, damn, I love that person and they love me. And that's what I get when I think about it. I think it's also, too, just the fear that you won't have that again. Right. Like there's a little bit of that in the grieving process, just kind of being like, oh, no, will I ever, you know, be able to love like this again in this capacity? So sitting, I do think you're right. We just have to kind of sit in it and also just remember the, the good times you did have. Like, yeah. Of all the feelings, but, you know, because that's yeah. where the wisdom's at. The wisdom, the, people run away from opportunities to to 
accept the wisdom, but that's part of it. But yes, I love that point. And if you're somebody who's walking around like a decent human being, shout the fuck out to shout you. Shout out to you. Yes. Less, less generational wealth, more generational mental health. Oh, wow. Mm, Look at that. That's the truth. Ruth? Okay, let's take a quick break <laughs> and we'll be right back to talk some weird shit. Hey, here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon, just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Visible is the wireless company that makes wireless visible. No hidden fees, no really. Save on wireless with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course, and Season 5 promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island, and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.
And we're back. Let's wow. check back in with some right-wing freakouts again, because, Oop, you know, boy. the GOP may have finally, look, again, they're they're struggling to find a way to get people to be outraged right now, especially when their whole platform is like, we're into forced birth and no safety for a human on Earth. You guys want to vote for us? And they're like, what the fuck? So people are now... <laughs> You know, the the media, the right wing media is definitely trying to find new things to sort of focus on to try and make it look like, oh, my gosh, Joe Biden, just get him out. And there's plenty of reasons to want better for this country. But the reasons that Republicans are going after are just so fucking weak sauce, as we say, uh, in my generation. (laughs) But first up, they may have finally found someone that can try to challenge Biden's student loan debt forgiveness program. Because the second Biden announced it, the clock basically started ticking for someone to like emerge that had some kind of like legal standing to say that, like, I will be damaged by this plan that would help alleviate student debt. I, me, I am going to be hurt. That's why this can't go on. It's so unfair. And aside from just saying the thing of like, well, poor people don't deserve shit, they needed to find a like legal argument and they may have found someone enter this guy who's a lawyer who's now suing. His name is Frank Garrison. This is from uh, this write up in The New Republic says, quote, according this is this is what his this is what his legal argument is to say. Let's hear Stop it. giving people student don't love the loan debt Let's relief. Hear it. According to the complaint, Garrison took out a series of student loans and Pell grants to pay for his college education. After completing law school, he began working at a public interest law firm uh, like the one that he works at called the Pacific Legal Foundation. That qualified him for the Federal Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. In exchange for working in a, quote, public interest field for 10 years, qualified participants are able to get their monthly loan payments capped based on their income. The remaining portion of their loans is then forgiven at the end of the 10-year period. Great program. Fantastic. Great. You're doing something for the public interest? We'll hook it up. But here's the thing. (laughs) There's a catch. Biden's order, according to Garrison, will wipe away $20,000 worth of his student loan debt. He was on track to have all of it forgiven in just over four years from now. Garrison claimed that under Indiana tax law, the $20,000 reduction will be taxed as income and he will have to pay roughly $1,000 for it. He described it as a net loss for himself and for the potential plaintiffs in at least six other states where he said the tax codes are similarly structured. $1,000. You're a lawyer. And the journalists who were working on this piece, they looked at probably what you're making. It's solidly in the six figures, probably up like around 200. So is are you really a person who is experiencing a net loss from this? And this all sounds very convoluted, but this is apparently the closest they are going to come to be able to legally challenge this for now. Most people say that, like, it's possible that he could prevail, but really unlikely because of like the lengths he would have to go to really prove these damages. But the thing is, a federal judge could just like block the program for people that are specifically in his situation without like destroying the whole thing for everybody else. And also the Biden administration, they didn't finalize the program when he filed his lawsuit. So based on like the version that he's suing off of, the White House has now amended it and said, we're actually having an opt out option for people. If you want to opt out of the relief, basically for people in this kind of situation. So now it's. His lawsuit is pretty meaningless, but they're like, oh, God, you almost came close to stopping massive amounts of help for people. So wait, let me just get this right. So (laughs) I just want to make sure I'm actually clear. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. he's upset because essentially 
by getting 20K of his, let's just say $300,000. So I'm, I'm making that up. Sure, but law sure. school is very expensive. So let's it just is. assume that, you know, he has 300K in debt. So he's upset because if 20K of it is forgiven, he will then owe $1,000 mm-hmm. or $1,000 rather would be added to his taxable income. Mm-hmm. And this is why he's upset. Yeah, because that's a net loss for him. Because I was going to have, I could have, um, the way it was going, I could have had the debt relieved. But since Joe Byron wanted to give me money and the Indiana tax laws are set up to basically punish people who are receiving student loan forgiveness, let's keep that in mind. That's the whole point of those similarly structured tax laws. That is why he's like, I am damaged. I am Glenn Close and this is damages. Please. So I- I have an, I have another question here to clar- to clarify some things here. I have mm-hmm. just 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 clarifying everything. Mm-hmm. So the Clarify. idea is that after ten years of working in this service, all of your student let student loan debt is cleared. Yeah, and At the end in of the that period. interim ten year period, it is capped. So you're still making loan payments, correct? It's just capped at a certain amount. Yes. Yes. Okay. Cool. Based on your okay, income. Cool. Yeah. So in four years, his student loan debt is going to be wiped out. He still had four years left of capped payments to make. Yeah. So, okay, so four years left of student loan payments to make. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I have to imagine four years, if you're paying a yearly payment, that $1,000 he's talking about having lost, that means each over the next four years, he would only be paying 200 and... No, Daniel, you're trying to make it logical. $249 or something over each year for four years for that $1,000 to be a net loss. Am I... You're just like Jack now with your logic here. The whole point <laughs> isn't to make a sound argument. It's to just try and drum up enough outrage. That this is happening. That's why f- for most people, like because the White House is like, you could opt out. We get it. Like, that's a great program. And yeah. it's never in, 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 intended to conflict with it. That's why a judge would probably like they're saying would be like, oh, well, then it just makes sense to have like to block the law for this specific group of people because it's it's. The, the tax law is conflicting with this existing program. But but here's again, the thing. They're also not saying that you can't have both, right? You can qualify for the $20,000 forgiveness and also still qualify in your, you know, public service forgiveness program. So at the end of the day, like, if he had 300000 and he went through with this 20,000 Biden. Well, one, you still owe money. So maybe, yeah. maybe be upset Max. about that. I mean, you still owe $280,000. Right, yeah. right. So it's like, be one thing. It's like, well, it's 20,000 reduction, but a $21,000 tax on top of right. it. I'm at a net and loss. It's like, oh, but you still owe 280K. So Look, this is the lengths <laughs> they're going. Because if you like, what's wild is when this lawsuit was announced, like places like the Wall Street Journal were like celebrating. They were like, yes, finally, they found somebody who's going to stop this ridiculous handout. It's like, this isn't a fucking handout. Like, all you guys are reporting on this shit, like, without genuinely or sincerely talking about how much, how predatory the whole student loan scheme is right now that we run in this country. Like, that's the issue here, not the like, oh, wow, they're trying to help them out. But again, we shouldn't be surprised to continue the freak out. Mm. John Fetterman. Not there's more. There's more. There's there always, always more. There's truly more. always more. This is there a daily show, and there's still yeah. always more. There's there, and there's so much coming up the, the the pipeline too. The FDA just changed like guidelines on what they could call healthy food, so I'm sure there's gonna be something for that too. Oh my but god! Wait, what? <laughs> on 
John Fetterman. Is tomato right? sauce back on the menu? Are we a vegetable again? <laughs> <laughs> John, yeah, exactly. Ketchup is a health food. Oh, we call that yes. a tomato smoothie. But we got to talk about the Crips, okay? Obviously, okay. because John Fetterman, <laughs> who's a Senate candidate in Pennsylvania, we got to talk about the Crips. I don't know why he got all that flu on, but apparently <laughs> we have seen this like uptick in all of this like outrage, manufactured outrage about him being affiliated with Crips. We talked about this earlier in the week. We talked about Newt Gingrich who's like, and his, what about his affiliation with the Crips gang? And we're like, what? This old white, like this fucking older, like middle-aged white guy who looks nothing like a real gang member? Huh? And I was like, where the fuck is this all coming from? We saw more takes. It wasn't just from Newt Gingrich. Another one was like, Democrat John Fetterman has a dangerous record on public safety and crime. Voters know he can't be trusted to keep Pennsylvania safe. Another one. This is like another. Then Dr. Oz retweeted this article with the text being PA Democrat John Fetterman embraced spelling of Braddock that showed fidelity to notorious Crip gang. What is that? Sorry. What does that mean? So I know. I'm like, it'd be one thing if you saw him like you know, throwing up sets like in a fucking picture and like, you know, he's flying colors and stuff. You're like, oh, wow. Like, look at him. Like, he's sea walking and he's, oh, okay. He's about it, about it. But no, what is this all about? It's because of, he used an alternate spelling of the town Braddock, which was the town he was mayor of in campaign materials. Rather than spelling it D-O-C-K, it was D-O-C-C. And that was a, like, and they're saying like, that was coming from the gangs that were spelling it like that. And this is, He's explained this before. This is nothing new. But again, because this is manufactured outrage. This is this is an interview game gave like a while back when he was explaining how he's had two different spellings of Braddock. Quote, this is from John Fetterman. During my campaign, I used vote John Mayor of Braddock with the two C's and vote John Mayor of Braddock, O-C-K, the way it's traditionally traditionally spelled. And the reason why I did that is because there are two Braddocks. And you have to acknowledge that, Fetterman said in a 2015 interview. We have to acknowledge that there's the Braddock that only young people know, the Braddock of despair and decline. And they grew up in an area when they never knew there were 14 furniture stores and three movie theaters. So it's basically saying, like, I get like this is it's colloquial. And then they said, like, he's got this sign in his house that has Crips on. It's like it was like a town thing that somebody tagged. It's not to say, like, oh, yeah, man, when I started the fucking Crips, like what? This, this is, is like this is this this rings of somebody being I'm, I don't I'm trying to th- I, OK, to be honest with you, I'm trying to think of a of an analog here, but I'm I'm reaching too colloquial with stuff. I'd be like, this would be like somebody saying that they're like a fan of the Doyers instead of the Dodgers and being like, so they don't embrace the original name of the Dodgers or something. Yeah, like that, or being like, like, oh, he's an MS-13 because he wore a Doyers. You're like, what? literally any any sort of racist outreach that they could possibly go for is just like so desperate and stupid when it's just like as if reaching out to a younger generation using colloquials it's like i would almost be like okay it's almost like a little cringe to try and use some young kid talk to describe something for a political campaign but really they're saying like it's gang related is very it's such it's very 92 it's very 92 (laughs) i was gonna say both are true like the fact that he <laughs> Both even said, exactly. well, the fact that he even said grew up in an era where they where they never knew there were fourteen furniture stores and three movie theaters. Like, sir, what? <laughs> Why would you <laughs> even add that into your speech, please? Like, it's, like, it's just the entire thing is cringe. And also, aren't they tired? Like, aren't human beings tired of being this way? 
No, yeah. unfortunately, I don't know. Oh, I mean, God. that's the fucked up thing is that they're not <laughs> tired of being this way. Well, I, they, I mean, they're tired of being tired for sure. Fair. Like with these tired ass like attacks that don't make sense to anyone, especially in Pennsylvania. Like one of these journalists was pointing out, like in Philly, like this is a statewide. This is for Senate. It's not just for this region. Like the idea of a Crips or Bloods gang doesn't necessarily resonate in Philly because the gang culture is different. They don't have like Crips and Bloods in the same numbers like somewhere like L.A. might where like you're like, oh, right, Crips or Bloods or whatever. So it's also just kind of like this weird thing again where it's very like 92 type shit where people like, you know, I think most like white American conservatives, if you ask them to name a gang, they were like, I remember Crips versus Bloods. And so everything has to like fit into this like very rigid, overt dog whistly thing, which isn't just to say John Fetterman's dangerous, is that John Fetterman also, you know, he's out here consorting with the likes of black gang members or some shit like that, which is just, again, fucking put me to sleep with how fucking tired this attack is. It's very old. It's so old. Yeah. And really, 90s is a really good way to put it because I feel like, is that? I don't know. Is that what we're even really worried about anymore? He doesn't like, even look like the kinds of white dudes that are violence? in gangs. You know what I mean? Like you I see the odd, say- odd, <laughs> odd white dude who's like down with the set. You're like, whoa, whoa. It's not John. <laughs> I was about to say honestly too, though. To your point, Miles. Like the white people who know anything. Well, I'm not gonna say no. The white people who are mentioning the Bloods versus Crips likely don't even know what that means. Like they're just no. saying it. Like oh, yeah. Bloods versus Crips. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, and you're like. So tell me, what does that mean? Go right. ahead and what break does, it down. What does oh, mean? they're like, oh, I know who Stanley Tukey Williams is. He started the Crips. You're like, okay, well, you saw that okay. FX film. You saw right. that one movie yeah. okay, with cool. Jamie Foxx. Okay, we get it. We get it. What? No, I do know. It, it is it's ravaging the community. What community? The what community? You, right. The one exactly. you're so invested in dismantling. It's like, you can't have it both ways. Like, no. So are gangs bad because of the chaos that it causes for people who live in those communities? Are you willing to help? No. It's just a talking point to try and you know, make Dr. Oz no, not look like a total fucking mannequin of a candidate. Let's be real. real. I'm honestly, I'm curious what the next thing they're going to grasp at, because first they're like, he's, they tried to say he was, you know, Dr. Oz was trying to say Fetterman's out of touch. It's like, bro, you don't even live in Pennsylvania. And then At now <laughs> it's like, he's a, he's a crip. He's a gang member. Cause he has tattoos. Really? They're going to say he looks too much like a bad guy from a Pixar movie. So you know he's bad. And it's like, what <laughs> the fuck does that even mean? Vote for Dr. Oz. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Please never do that, guys. No, no, I won't. I won't. I won't. Oh, let's... I won't either. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back to talk about something that was act- that's actually cool. Coolio, right after this. Hey, here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon, just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Visible is the wireless company that makes wireless visible. No hidden fees, no really. Save on wireless with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. 
You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course. And... Season 5 promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise. The sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island, and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER And we're back. Coolio passed away on Wednesday uh, in Los Angeles, age of 59, I believe. I was like, when I heard it, I was like, oh, shit, Coolio, man. Like, I, yeah. I remember Coolio. Like, yeah, great memories, great memories. But like I was saying at the top of the show, when you saw tributes coming in from, from all over entertainment for Coolio, right. I was like, wait, I fuck, I, you know what? As much as like, as good as his music was, I really failed to, are like properly articulate in my own mind, like how much, how important he was in terms of like the connective tissue that helped bridge the gap between rap and the mainstream. Mm. Because you just in a vacuum, right? In 1994, when his, when his album, It Takes a Thief comes out, is this is the same year as like hip hop, like capital mm -hmm. H hip hop, Illmatic came out in 94, Ready to Die, Southern Playlistic Cadillac Music from Outkast. Like, these are albums that, like, hip-hop heads, like, you know, were like, oh, yeah, I know these albums. But It Takes a Thief was really something special because even amongst all that, right, it had Fantastic Voyage on it, which mm. was, like, the first, our first introduction to Coolio. Come along and ride on a Fantastic oh, Voyage. With the classic sample. Yeah. Uh -huh. 
Okay, we all know that. We were all there doing our thing. Or actually, no, that's one, two, three, four. Uh, but Fantastic Voyage was like a huge, huge track. I didn't realize in Australia, it was top of the charts for 37 weeks. In Canada, what? 17 oh weeks. In wow. Germany, 91 weeks. <laughs> Yo. Okay? The, in yeah, the Netherlands, the top 40, 31 weeks. New Zealand, eight weeks. Sweden, 29 weeks. Hell yeah. UK dance music charts, 13 weeks. Like, that that song was huge. It really was. And I think a lot of that, like, was the beginnings of, like, a really pervasive, like, hip-hop hit that was kind of accessible to many people. And I think it had a playfulness that made it danceable and easy to access. And then we get Gangsta's Paradise, okay? And that fucking cemented it. Like this, my mom even like was like, I like that song. That's like, Bang. like she didn't know the words, but she could do LV's part. It's like, I'm like, yep, that's LV. We already know. And I think that was like another moment too, where he, we're seeing like something new. Like who else was doing a music video with Michelle Pfeiffer? Good question. You know, who was Nobody. doing that? And like, no when, one. And I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong there in the root, they're also talking about this, that I, this is maybe one of the first major hollywood film soundtracks that had a rap song like leading it yeah. like you know like that was the lead single off the soundtrack was that one now work your yeah and i'd go, say yeah i'd say probably also just that wasn't like categorized as a black film yes mm -hmm. you know because gangster's paradise wasn't i mean obviously it had michelle pfeiffer it's the original cool writer og but you know it wasn't it wasn't a black film, you know? So I think, I think that actually is probably true. Yeah. And the single was wild. <laughs> right. Like I know Bobby Brown had some on Ghostbusters and things like that, but it didn't right. necessarily get to the point where we're like, that shit is a fucking phenomenon. Yeah. And again, the fucking charts like speak for themselves with gangsters paradise or, or yeah. It's like, first of all, I didn't even realize that uh, Anton Antoine Fuqua directed that video. Uh, really? Director of Training Day, yeah. yeah F. Gary wow. F. Gary Gray, the director of Friday, and also Fate of the Furious, and many other things. Straight out of Shout Compton, out. he directed Fantastic Voyage. Wow. But yeah, like the Gangsters Paradise thing, the charts were also absurd. The amount oh, of yeah. time this this thing was at the top of the charts, like even bigger than fucking Fantastic Voyage could have been. Mm. And the story, right? There's like a really interesting story about the sample, right? It's for Stevie Wonder track where. He was trying to get that sample cleared, and that was already like a big struggle to even get that sample cleared. And this is uh, th this is a little uh, anecdote from Coolio about it. Quote, but the thing was, we still had to get Stevie to sign off on it. When Stevie heard it, he was like, no, no way. I'm not letting my song be used in some gangster song. So that was a problem. And it just so happened that my wife, she knew Stevie's brother. I guess he had been trying to tap that for years, and he's laughing. She made a call to him got a meeting with Stevie and talked him into it. His only stipulation was that I had to take the curse words out. I had two places where I had the N word in it and two places where it was like fucked in the ass or something like that. Mm -mm. And Stevie said that if I take that out, he would sign off on it. Unbeknownst to me, the other condition was that he wanted 95% of the publishing. Had I known that, I'm not sure I would have went ahead with that, but I don't know. Maybe I would have. So that's how we ended up clearing it. 95%? <laughs> Like, yo, I get it. You know, like he's like, come on, man, that's all me. Like you, the, the melody, come on. I, I get LV's doing his thing, but that is pretty wild. Anyway, so I think of it too, like for most millennials, Coolio's songs were like 
like nailed on to be played at a school dance. Mm-hmm. Like it was oh, like absolutely. it was like the hip hop song the teachers were comfortable with. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, Coolio, the one who's like got the wacky hair. We like him. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. So it's just like interesting. I feel like he has this very specific place that I think we don't really speak about like how really where, where that is and kind of the evolution of the mainstream of hip-hop obviously there's people like will smith and many others but like gangsta's paradise i was i was just with like some like people i went to elementary school with a while back and every every single person no matter you know what their background could spit the whole fucking song with their eyes closed 100 percent. i mean also speaking to your point about the mainstream coolio you know one of the little additions that i added here specifically from my childhood and a lot of people's childhood he was the voice of the Keenan and Kel theme song. And it's right. like such an important show to our childhood. Just at, like, and you know, you go back and listen to it and it's like, I sung this every single day, every Saturday night that I was, that I was <laughs> right. watching my Keenan and Kel getting my snick on. That was the best. Oh. And, and having that kind of place in like the, in the mind of someone's childhood is just so everlasting and permanent. And it's like, I would say like a kind of underrated part of Coolio's career as well in that like, you know, it's not Gangster's Paradise, but it is something that got spin after spin after spin through through syndication, through VHS tapes, through people right. just running back Keenan and Kel all the time. Like what an iconic show and, and a truly, truly iconic theme. Yeah. yeah, I think the three of them, I mean, to be honest, when I think about kind of, black artists that are cemented to your point miles like in the in our minds as millennials it it definitely is coolio i couldn't go anywhere without listening to it it was one of the few rap artists that my mom would let me listen to right you know because it was always kind of one of those things where it's like i don't know how much cursing is in this and what are they talking about but coolio was acceptable because to your point like if the teachers were playing it then you know she was like well okay i guess right and to your point, Daniel, Kenan and Kel, like, I mean, yeah. the the black version of Nickelodeon was the only one I truly remember, you know, right. we could do anything off the network. Right. And they had all the stars and all of the things and tons mm. of actually tons of other artists, too, that came on. I was like, who ran Nickelodeon during that time? Because honestly, right. we should bring that back. Someone very cool. <laughs> Someone <laughs> very cool. I like that you have in your Daniel that you added this thing about Weird Al, like his Dude. beef with Weird yes. Al. Yes. Oh, the beef, the beef with Weird Al. Doing Amish Paradise. <sighs> I I just love this because you know. So this is from this is a quote from a 2014 Vice article, and I think 2014, you know, feels like I think in the lexicon feels like not that long ago. But even eight years ago, admitting you were wrong was still a tough thing to do, and I think it's still a sign of intense maturity and wisdom. But even eight years ago, people still wanted to act tough a lot of the time. But Coolio's response to this question about the Weird Al beef, I think is just so mature and wise and speaks to a mindset that I think we're still chasing to this day that I think everybody should be able to sit down and do. And it's not. And I think when people do, it's lauded, but so often people will avoid it. I'm just going to read this quote kind of quickly, if you don't mind. Yeah. When I asked people what I should ask Coolio, the most common question I got, the thing most people want to know, do you still have beef with Weird Al? And Coolio responds, fuck no, man. I let that go so long ago. Let me say this. I apologized to Weird Al a long time ago, and I was wrong. Y'all remember that. Everybody out there who reads this shit, real men and real people should be able to admit when they're wrong, and I was wrong, bro. 
come on, who the fuck am I, bro? He did parodies of Michael Jackson. He did parodies of all kinds of people. And I took offense of it because I was being cocky and shit and being stupid. And I was wrong. And I should have embraced that shit and went with it. It's like, yeah, just, it just it's, it's just so mature and being like, man, that was really dumb. I was wrong. And I apologized and like squashed immediately. It's just right. that's such I'm a glad nice he got sense. there. I'm glad yeah. he got there because yeah. honestly, yeah. I remember this beef, although it was obviously way before, you know, the Internet took over our lives. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I remember thinking during the entire time, I'm like, well, Al, a weird Al makes fun of everyone, literally yeah. everyone. Yeah. So it was not like it wasn't yeah. like he was singling him out. I was like, no. weird Al just makes fun of every single human being who is a. Uh, an artist that made it. I kind of looked at it as like, dang, like, Coolio, you made it. Yeah, exactly. It's right you know, making this fairy, right? <laughs> so I'm glad he eventually got there, but it would have been, I, I wonder how different it would have been if he would have embraced it kind of during that time and just been like, to his yeah. point, because he goes on later to say in this interview that he was kind of upset with his management for not, yes. you know, like kind of stepping in at the time and, and pulling him to the side and being like, yeah why are you so upset by this? It's just a, it's just a parody. Um, right. And like, you know, pumping the brakes on it. But I don't know. I I feel him like y'all should have, yeah. you should have just been like, you know what? I'm going to embrace this because maybe it'll get my actual song more rotation. Right. Yeah. True. And I'm, yeah. I mean, it just shows again, like ego is the fucking worst thing to have for your longevity because you, you can never be objective enough about your own work. You can never be objective about much if you're constantly ruled by like, like, am I popping? And that's the only thing that matters is like what what like rather than, you know, focusing on your craft or just again, like noticing that here's another wave you could catch with the popularity of a song you made. And rather than being like that, be like, man, fuck you. And it's all it's also a weird look like like nobody needs beef with weird al he's like the nicest fucking guy it's not like he's 50 cent or something like like i'm coming for weird al and that's gonna yeah, them motherfuckers just, know like, weird no. al just minds his business and makes his parodies like truly Completely. that is it like, exactly 100%. exactly uh but yeah i think it's it's important and again i feel like you know it's like it's like people like coolio help give us like you know ludicrous and shit like ludicrous i yeah, felt was yeah. another artist too who had that thing of like I'm having fun with like the music I'm making. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, some of my lyrics are, you know, like they might they might veer into some street shit. But for the most part, I'm trying to have fun. And I think that that sort of uh, that helps a lot. But anyway, yeah. uh, rest in peace to Coolio. Right, and Coolio. lastly, I just wanted to ask y'all. I just saw this listicle on thing on like digital trends where uh, this guy, Joe Allen, was just sort of like writing about the best best movies to second screen. Mm. And, you know, we're talking about second screen and we're talking about you know, most of the time back in the day when you sat down, there was one fucking screen and that was the TV or the film screen you were looking at to enjoy a television show or movie. And now with, you know, little iPads, laptops and things like that, we increasingly like begin to multitask while watching movies and talk about a second screen experience. I find myself doing this a lot more than actually primate, like just one screening it. And first off, I'm curious for the two of you, how often are you doing second screen watching or are you old school and give everything your attention? KB, I wonder if because you're having to actually critique things, it probably benefits you to have all your attention on something. Yeah, I cannot. If I'm watching something specifically for um, like a review or an sure. interview, I absolutely cannot second screen. Like right. I, I do not have the focus or the capacity. Like I have to sit there. 
have to pay attention. I can't be doing anything else. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to fail miserably. Right. But if I'm going to second screen anything, what I found, and especially like during COVID, during the lockdown, it was always something that I found comforting, whatever that was, whatever right. I was watching, it was comforting. And I, you know, would be able to, you know, do laundry while, while having it going or fold laundry or, you know, right. like clean right. up or do something. But it was always like a title that was comforting. Like I can second screen that this sounds terrible, but I can second screen Selena. Right. So I know that yeah. would be like the back of my hand. So I could, sure. you know, happily kind of do those things. But I would say, yeah, for the first screening, if I if I have to do it for work, I absolutely cannot. I can't. Right, do it. right, right. I tried. Everyone, everyone I know, honestly, a lot of critics I know, they do it. You know, they're like, oh no, I'm always doing something else while it's on. Yeah. And I just don't. I don't have the mental capacity. I don't sure, think. Sure. So, what about you, Dan? I have a I have a, a definitely a different kind of second screen relationship. I am a you know a big surprise here, big gamer. Uh -huh. big, big player of video games. Uh -huh. So I have uh, a monitor right here that I'm looking at and a monitor right here. And I will often have Twitch on. I know you I do right now. And stream. I will ask you to turn that off, bro, because the recording. <laughs> I, uh, I, don't know, I don't know what you're uh, when we're uh, recording. I don't know what you're um, I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, um, so you're like, yeah, Damn, no, but Twitch from liquid is killing <laughs> Twitch is a uh, Twitch is a big one just because it's kind of like the engagement times are really short. You know what I mean? It's like you're watching someone play a game, like maybe they pop off and get a cool play every like, I don't know, five, 10 minutes or something like that. But the sure. rest of it is kind of just general interaction with chat or whatever. It doesn't really, it's not really that important. It's like, you know, you ever heard with cereal, they'll call like, like with Lucky Charms, you got the marshmallows and the rest of it's called like the wood. Uh huh. It's like when it comes to Twitch, it's a lot of wood. And then you get some marshmallows mm -hmm. in there every once in a while. So it allows got you it. to kind of like, eat it little piece by piece every uh just just in kind of like short spurts so sure. that that's my main kind of second screen television but if it's not that it's a comfort show similar to how Kay is saying with something like great british bake-off mm. yeah because like that's a good I, one. I love the bake-off but i also know it's that soothing. you know once you know what the baking challenge is going to be there's about 20 minutes of what? someone accidentally cracking an egg wrong or being like my creme pat isn't setting properly or something right, or another right, right. where it's like i don't need to hear you say the same thing over and over again let's get to the reviews so i can hear paul hollywood say this is stodgy that's what i'm here for <laughs> well dano i have a question like when okay. you are on titch and you're doing second screen sure. can you tell me what's happening on both like if someone were to come up to you and ask you like what's, oh, what's going on in the show that you're watching or what's going yeah. on on twitch right now could you tell me yeah, I think so. Well, because most of the time with Twitch, so for example, I'm going to give you a second screen example for today. I'm going to be editing a lot of podcasts today, and we're probably going to talk about this on Trends later. But the uh, World Championships of League of Legends are about to start. It's about to enter the play-ins, where there's going to be games all day long. And while I may not be able to tell you moment to moment exactly what play is happening, I'll be able to say, oh, yeah, this is the play-in stage of Worlds, and Fnatic is playing Detonation Focus Me in the first round of the play-ins, and um, this is an important one. And so it's like, while I might not be able to tell you exactly moment to moment, the context of what's going on is really what I'm trying to gather. And I'll check over and be like, oh, that was a cool play. All right, edit. Right, right. What's going right. on there? Oh, that's what's happening. Oh, they won the game. Sick. Hell yeah. Okay, next game. The wood to marshmallow ratio, I think, is a good idea. Of, that's mm -hmm. actually what a what a prime second screen show gives you, mm -hmm. where you can, like, when the wood parts are happening, you know it's wooden. Yeah. And then when the mm -hmm. marshmallows come up, you know it's a marshmallow and it's time mm -hmm. to shift focus. That's why, like, oh, I'll yes. watch Trash Reality like my Thank real you. housewives and shit. Boom. There's a lot of wood in between. And then they start yes. popping off and you're like, here's my marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, Miles, do mm-hmm. you watch Salt Lake City? I'm uh, about yeah, to start season two. I've, I watched season one. I'm behind on my Real Housewives. And I know, look, Anna, Super Producer Anna is always like, did you watch Jen run from the feds yet? I'm like, <laughs> no, I haven't gotten there yet. But I would love to see it. Uh, love to see it. But yes, it's on, listen, the, it's on the docket. Listen. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm We're like, eating? Actually, it's Marshmallow City or what? Real, Real Housewives. Right, well, I, Real Housewives is actually kind of perfect second screening. Now that yeah. you mentioned, I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, always. Like that's what I, yeah. It's I easy. accidentally watched Beverly Hills, and I was right. like, wait, what's happening? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I accidentally watched it. I love that. You do the uh, below deck, all that stuff. It's easy. It's easy. It's easy. Uh, but yeah, like some of the articles that uh, this writer at Digital Trends was saying, it's just like stuff like Terminator Two, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Anchorman. Huh. I'm like, sure. Oh. Like those are, but I think Anchorman, what, yeah. What is all being said is like shit, you know, just down pat. So it doesn't matter. Like you're just like, oh, yeah, here's the part where the raptors are in the kitchen hunting right. their kids and shit in Jurassic Park. Well, KB, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, where can people find you and follow you and more importantly, hear you? They are so interested. And I'm telling you, you should be. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. This was such a blast. But listen, you can find me on social media, Instagram and Twitter only, though. Like I, I am not on Facebook. Uh, okay. <laughs> at yeah. the Lady KB, T H E L A D Y K A Y B, and you can listen to On Call with KB starting October sixth. So every oh. Thursday it'll be dropping weekly. Season one is about Grey's Anatomy, as I mentioned before. Right. So join us for you know some Grey's talk. And you can listen to it anywhere that you get your podcast. So, you know, Pandora, Spotify, the iHeart app, Wherever Apple Podcasts, wherever. Yeah. So, yeah. Man. Yeah. Grey's is wild. I don't I only I, I only watch it in drips and drabs uh, because my partner, Her Majesty, is watching it currently. And I'm like, wait, why did the hospital? Why is it called Grey Sloan now? What happened? Oh, anyway, there's a lot. So many, on. so many deaths. <laughs> I didn't know so, they were. So I didn't know death. they were. I didn't know they were military doctors. That some were military. I didn't even know that about the there's show. Just, I didn't know that. Uh, mother man, there's just so much going on. You know, there's a lot. I didn't know Debbie Allen was Jesse's mom in it. It's like, what is going on? I, it's so much is happening. And Miles, you know, maybe you should be glad that they they switched the character from from Miles to Meredith because Meredith is quite literally the character that's had the most tragedy on any TV show in my yeah, personal Yeah, I've opinion. noticed that. I think like, that she has had the hardest life of any why, how come the season? How come the season finale is you like, you know it's going to be fucked up? You just know. I you mean, because Shonda know. created it that way. I yeah. think that she, you know, she was like, let me give y'all drama. Y'all said y'all want drama, so I'm going right. to give you drama. And I'm so ignorant. I'm like, I was doing the the Leonardo DiCaprio in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood meme where he's like pointing at the fucking TV from his couch. I'm like, that's Chey Diaz. <laughs> and and then she's like, yeah, that's what she like that. She blew up on the show. I'm like, I don't know shit. Okay. I didn't know. <laughs> yes, anyway, yes. check that out. And what is a tweet or some other sort of social media post that you've been liking lately, KB? Yeah. You know, uh, a tweet that I just recently liked is the one that said, you know, me sending my friends encouraging messages, even though my life is a hot mess too. <laughs> that pretty much sums <laughs> it up. You know, yeah. life is a uh, life is a uh, lifing currently yeah, seriously and uh i'm highway. still sending my friends you know like all the encouraging messages like yes girl you got this you, you got know, this keep climbing you yep. know meanwhile i i'm in bed but, try and you know. find the wisdom <laughs> try and find the wisdom in it you know right I mean? there's wisdom in everything but look for it 
Don't run away from it. That's yes. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Have to find it. So, you know, yeah. meanwhile, I'm like, Ooh, my life is lifing, but you know what? There will always be something positive on the other side. Just have to get Message. to it. Exactly. Daniel, thank you so much for kicking it with me the last couple of days. Where can people find you and follow you? And what's the social post you've been liking? Oh, geez. You can find me all over the internet at DJ underscore D-A-N-L. Since today is Friday, you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash DJ underscore D-A-N-L. I'll be there playing Ghost of Tsushima as part of Daniel's backlog, where I go oh. through all of the uh, single player games that I haven't finished and wow. uh, finished them. You didn't, why are you not going to ask me to? Wow. You're doing, <laughs> you doing Ghost of Tsushima? Wow. You're not getting on, your, your black and Discord, friend bro. on that? Wow. I'm, there's okay. nobody. It's, it's just me in the game. But wow. hop on in, baby. Because you know I don't, you I don't, think. I don't put the dub on. You know I got that straight Japanese, no subtitles, baby, in Kurosawa I, mode. Damn, you are going to be upset at how I'm playing it. <laughs> <laughs> the dub don't, don't you better not be dubbing. Uh, anyway, we're moving on. So my my tweet that I like is from L was a mistake at unintention L date. So you like cooking? Me? Yeah, I make a mean bruschetta. Bruschetta. What up, little bitch boy? <laughs> <laughs> I make a mean one. Oh, man. Make a mean uh, Let's see. Some tweets oh. I like from uh, New York Times pitch bot at Doug J. Balloon. Uh, they always do fake New York Times headlines. This one is opinion. I was a lifelong liberal Democrat. Then I saw a baby give money to a drag queen. And now I'm a Nazi, which <laughs> feels about right. Uh, uh, another one, Travis View at Travis underscore View tweeted, my top issues this election are simple. Women's collegiate swimming, the race of fantasy characters, and historical flutes, uh, because it seems like a lot of people have all their opinions wrapped up in that nonsense. Uh, you can find me at Miles of Gray on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can also find me and Jack on Miles and Jack Got Mad Boosties, our weekly basketball podcast. You can find me on 420 Day Fiance with Sophia Alexandra, where guess what? We smoking that loud and talking 90 Day Fiance. The only way you can talk about that. However, you can also find us at Daily Zeitgeist on Twitter, at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We got a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Daniel. Footnotes. Wow. Caught you lacking, bro. Wow. I was literally looking at the notes. You're right. Real Friday, real Friday kind of vibes from my <laughs> it is Friday kind of vibes. You're right. I slipped on that one. Where we link off to all the articles we talked to uh, talk about, as well as the song we're gonna write out on, and we are gonna write out on this group Los Kenya, which has a TV called Record and TV, and they they are basically, from what I'm understanding, like a, it's from an album that I believe is called Siempre Afro Latino, and this is a Venezuelan like kind of '60s salsa fusion group. It's Ooh. dope. It's dope, okay? You're gonna like this. This is like just this about the, like this is a group this guy formed and I, I really should have to say less. This is just good weekend mm. vibes for you to take into the weekend. All right, mm. so until Monday, we'll be back to tell you what's trending later today, but then we'll see you Monday. Have a great weekend. Peace and blessings. Uh, and yeah, check out the Daily Zeitgeist guys wherever you get your podcasts uh, for free. That could be the iHeartRadio app or wherever that is. All right, talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com.
Zeit gang, you like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch strata coaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com.